This is Secrets to Win Big, your roadmap to sustained growth. Brought to you by Arjun Sen, founder and CEO of Zen Mango, top brand growth driver and a former Fortune 500 executive who has been called one of the most marketing intelligent minds in the business. Find him at zenmango.com. And now, here's your host, Arjun Sen. Welcome to Secrets to Win Big with Arjun Sen. Hi, this is Arjun. And today, it's my pleasure and honor to have a conversation with Brent Green. Brent Green is an award-winning generational marketing practitioner. He works, his works include advertising, branding, copyright, copywriting, direct marketing, promotions, and key keynote addresses for marketers. He is the founder of Brent Greens and Associates, an internationally award-winning firm specializing in building brands and forging successful commercial relationships through unique power of generational marketing. I just also have to share a few personal thoughts on Brent. In any journey, the journey becomes very easy from a hindsight, but before you start the journey, I have personally found taking that first step is one of the most difficult steps. As I was getting into this scary world of public speaking, I was lucky to have found Brent Green. Brent Green helped me build my speaking on my terms. It was done in my basement. Brent would record everything. And then knowing that I need to crawl first, then walk, then run, he would give his feedback. At every point, the focus was on not only the next step, but he clearly set the goal and raised the bar to the highest level, which made it really fun, but at the same time, exciting in that journey. I really have to share because this part is important because a lot of people get it, but helping others do that takes a different level of skill. And Brent, with that, truly an honor and a pleasure and welcome to Secrets to Win Big. Thank you so much, Arjun. It's, I'm delighted to be with you. So Brent, I really want to go and first go into absolutely the core of you helping me. I have seen that as a pattern in your life. I have seen that when National Speakers Association's Colorado chapter was going through their final presentation, you were there, you attended the whole day of goofy budding speakers speak. And I say goofy because some of them were just evolving. Later on, they became awesome. And at the end of the day, you waited till you could make some amazing, supportive, positive comments for everyone. So where does this drive come from, Brent, on making an impact in other people's life all through? Well, Arjun, first of all, uniquely, I was in psychology before I entered the field of marketing and advertising. I was a rehabilitation psychologist, and I worked at a state hospital, as well as a famous psychiatric institution called the Menninger Foundation, which at that time was considered the world's foremost psychiatric hospital. And they work with a lot of celebrities and people that came in from the coast uh, 
And I learned to work with a lot of different kinds of people. I was educated in the field of psychology primarily, communication secondarily. And so I, I believe that's been one of my advantages. And that is the ability to think not only in terms of what is the person I'm seeing in front of me on the surface, but what is the person behind the person? Uh, one of the ways I look at marketing and advertising as a takeoff on my background in psychology is when I ask myself, how can we make the needle move for a given client, an advertiser who's marketing a product? Well, the first question I ask myself is to understand a typical customer, whether it's business to business or business to consumer. And I ask myself this one question, what is the motivation behind the motivation? Mm -hmm. I'm looking deep. I'm trying to understand. So for example, I know you do a lot of work within the fast service restaurant industry. And you could say on the service, well, they want good food prepared quickly, lots of good service, and to get in and get out with, with a meal mm -hmm. or to sit down and have a quick meal. Well, that's the motivation. But what's the motivation behind the motivation? Of course, that depends on the market we're talking about. But let's say it's an older adult or older adults. Well, if you think about it for a second, it might be because they want to have a transformative experience with their grandchildren. So I want to put so, motivator, motivation behind the motivation. So what's right. the motivation for Brent Green to motivate each one of us every day? whether it is Renee or me, and I am, I don't even know the list of hundreds of others who have been driven and benefited because of you. What's your motivation to motivate us all? Well, I think it really comes down to a very simple and basic desire to mentor. And I've found that the older I get, the more I feel I want to mentor younger people. Uh, we all go through life making mistakes, having regrets, um, you know, having to make mid-course corrections. If you can help a younger person in, avoid that at some level, then it's highly satisfying. Um, you know, you're not just being taken as uh, instrumental in that person's life. You're taken as fundamental to their life course at that particular time. So even when I was young, I I got a great deal of joy out of helping slightly younger people, maybe six years, five years oh. younger, benefit from um, anything I could do to support them. Uh, you know, I like any supervisor or manager or boss, I had to set expectations and expect my employees or my uh, associates to meet those expectations. But I also understood that the best way to motivate people is to help them feel like they're making progress. They can see the progress is happening and they're they're moving forward in their lives. And to me, you know, you can do a lot of things for people monetarily. You can give them free vacations. You can do a lot of things. But what you can do the most that's sustainable over the course of a lifetime is help them understand their own powers and their own uh, awesome capabilities. And so I look for that and then I reinforce it just like a good therapist. I love that. And you know, the two takeaways for me or the three takeaways from here is what you said, and I'm looking from literally experiencing it, is number one, the desire. The mentor must have a desire 
to make an impact. And I just felt it in our journey together. And again, this is sounding like an infomercial. It's not, it's truly my gratitude. And I really owe it to you to share is you came to play for me, for my journey. The second is celebrating. And as you celebrate, there is this part in between is showing the roadmap to getting better. And that's the part where I still treasure the CDs, even though my computer doesn't have a CD player. And that's how long it has been, Brent. And the printed notes that clearly creates a roadmap. And that's the reason the celebration to me was very relevant because the celebration without a path really does not work. So the three things to me, which I really think, you know, in a bigger picture, anybody who wants to be a mentor should ask, number one, do I care 100% about making an impact? Number two is, do I have the skills to create this roadmap of next steps and each person's journey is different? And finally, am I there to celebrate the wins? And of course, then you have to ask the name. question is, do you have a name as cool as Mr. Green? Because then you are there, you have a right. So Brent, now I want to go back a little bit into the work that you have done and you have been recognized all through is millennials. And I just have a very unique question for you. I can go online and find every possible statistics on millennials and trends and patterns and everything else. But I have not met too many people who get all this, connects the dot, and makes an impact for brands, whether it is a car brand or a food brand or nonprofit or a waterworks to help them connect. What's the secret to taking all this data and connect? Like what is it that the missing piece that Brent Green has that others do not have? Well, first of all, Arjun, as an advertising marketing practitioner, I have a lot of respect for research which your company is one of the best in the country in terms of uncovering what's going on for a different, different industry or a different opportunity. So I do look at research and let that help guide me. And one of the things <clears throat> that can be understood about our generational affiliation is that is a reference group. In fact, there's research out there to suggest that our generational affiliation can be more powerful than our social status in terms of being able to make decisions uh, and what we value in our lives and don't value. It's not going to solve every problem to understand that. But as a creative director, once I get some background with research and some insights, uh, then the creative process needs to happen. And that is often something, you know, people have tried to define, well, how does that work? give me the ABCs of creativity, and very few creative people can do that. Um, it's inspirational, it's innovation, um, but I often come to ideas uh, that then I can develop, execute, and look at, in hindsight, was I effective? And that's where research comes back in. 
research can help me confirm the decisions that I've made and fine tune my fine tune my experimentation. Another secret that's been important for me is taking what I learn in one industry and applying it to another industry. A good example is McDonald's. I handled all the McDonald's restaurants south of Denver in Colorado. And McDonald's was outstanding in creating events, event marketing, big picture, lots of money for advertising. And through McDonald's, I learned something called MPR or marketing public relations. And then I ended up in my career going to a five-star resort, very high end, the Broadmoor in Colorado Springs. What could I have learned in McDonald's that would have applicability to a high-end five-star resort? Well, I applied marketing public relations. I created event marketing that was newsworthy, that would draw the media out because of the novelty of what I created. That was often a strategy at McDonald's. So that's another part of my secrets, Arjun, is to just simply, what did I learn here that I can apply there? I took a lot of business to consumer strategies that I developed that took it to the business to business world because I came up with an idea or an insight at one time that even in business to business, people are people. They have human motivations. And so that's part of the process of adapting and applying. Love that. And to me, I think, you know, I just want to build on that concept of taking ideas from one industry to another. I have no clue, but somebody smart had told me that seven or eight out of 10 things you need to do to be successful in your business already exists in an industry away from you. You know, as we were trying to build a loyalty program for a brand, the brand was focused on what their competition was doing. We felt focusing on your competition takes you from iPhone 13 to 13.1. For us, you know, having an incredible team, our team looked at a casino, Massage Envy, great loyalty program they have and airlines and a few other industries. And when we put them all together, it was very easy for us to see what are the commonalities, how different industries work. And then the program that came out together from the team was literally going from iPhone 13 to iPhone 16 instead of 13.1. So I really think Brent, your idea of taking wisdom and insights from different industries is really, really relevant for every one of us in our life. So now I want to get a little personal, Brent, is, you know, as you have gone through your work with some incredible human beings and leaders, is there anybody that stands out who is one of the one of the best leaders that you have worked for? And what makes that person the best? And what did you learn from that person? Well, there's been more than a few. It's almost difficult to single it down to an individual. Uh, but I would have to say that my first employer in the advertising industry, a gentleman, a late gentleman by the name of Kurt Gable, was of tremendous influence to me. He was very much like the, who's often considered the leader of the field of advertising, David Ogilvy, you know, a very revered name in the field of advertising. Well, Kurt was the David Ogilvy of Colorado Springs. Um, he was a respected leader in the community. 
he did a lot for the community and, and he really taught the wisdom of being engaged, volunteering, helping nonprofit organizations, being visible. Um, plus he was always uh, providing a lot of witticisms, you know, a lot of just, you know, Brent, make your easiest sales first. Well, if you think about that comment for a second and apply it, it makes total sense. Whatever your marketing challenge is, who are your easiest customers to reach and reach them first? That starts momentum. That's an aphorism that came from Kurt. I have, he also was well-respected as a graphic designer and artist in his own right. So he had a flair for creativity, but he also had the largest advertising agency south of Denver and Colorado. And that's where I ended up working on the McDonald's account was for Gable Advertising. Um, and he was also a mentor. He took me under his wing and knew that I had potential, but needed to have that potential refined. So it was constantly offering me good advice about how to manage uh, my job and succeed for his agency's clients. So I, uh, I tip my hat to the late Kurt Gable. He, he was a funny man. He told a lot of jokes in public meetings. He was well-respected. He, he was a well-rounded human being. We all hope to have a person like that when we are in our early 30s or late 20s. I love that. And to me, I think as you talk about having that kind of a person influence early in our career, it literally reshapes the rest of our career and, you know, appreciate. There, there is one other that I would mention briefly who you've met, and that's Max Paul Franklin, who this next week will be celebrating the 50th anniversary of his film company. Now, when I say film, they're in high in video today, but in the early days, they were the only game in town producing uh, advertising on 35 millimeter film. And that was a big leap for a lot of advertisers to go to 35 millimeter. And then they went to digital, but they produced advertising. And Max Paul represents the self-actualizing human being. And I view you that way also, Arjun, self-actualizing in terms of constantly seeking ways to grow, to improve, uh, to bring passion to everything that, that, that he does, in this case of Max Paul, and create unbelievable films and, and television commercials. Wow. But I'm not listening. I just am stuck. Brent Green called me one of the most self-actualized person or one of the few self-actualized persons. <laughs> and I don't have a mic to drop. I'm going to drop a pencil to celebrate that moment. Thank you. <laughs> well, it's, it's true, Arjun. Thank I you. think I know it well. I, speaking as a psychologist and the Abraham Maslow theory of motivation with the highest level of, of personal development being self-actualization, it doesn't mean that somebody's achieved an ultimate goal and they're done. It means they become self-evolving throughout life. And, yeah. you know, learning is priority, uh, being connected and uh, giving with other people is priority. And um, uh, having a great deal of self-confidence doesn't hurt. But I'd say Kurt Gable is self-actualizing, the man I described, as well as Max Paul Franklin. So it seems to me that I'm lucky enough to surround myself with self-actualizing people. Awesome. Hopefully that 
spills off on me a little bit. Absolutely, it does. So now I just want to ask you to make a choice because this one, I think it's internal, so you can make a choice. The last one was kind of unfair to put one person, but I really appreciate you sharing the different names. If you could take from all the lessons you have learned, one lesson, the biggest lesson that you will take forward in your future journeys to win big, what is the one thing you take with you? Well, to a certain extent, I've already answered that. And that is, what is the motivation behind the motivation? You've probably heard people glibly say, well, what's, you ask them a question and they come back to you and say, well, what's the question behind the question? And if that stops you to start and think for a minute that there is something else going on behind the, the question, then you get to something deeper with the person. Well, in marketing and advertising, in that world, the question is, what is the motivation behind the motivation? Let me apply that to business to business, uh, because you can often say that business customers are very left brain. They are, what's the price? Do you have all the benefits that your competition does? What kind of a deal will you give me? Well, that's the motivation. That's on the surface. What's the motivation behind the motivation? Well, I'll tell you a secret. This is a secret to win big. What's the one thing that business people are thinking about when they're deciding whether or not to buy your product and services? Are you gonna make me look good to my boss? Or alternatively, are you going to make sure I don't screw up in the uh, eyes of my boss? And that's the motivation behind the motivation. And I think that applies in just about all parts of our lives. People on the surface don't necessarily reveal what's most important until you, you search for that and you ask them. And when you know that, then you can be a, build a much more powerful message and campaign through marketing because you are tapping into the motivation behind the motivation. Now, a lot of that can be uncovered through outstanding research, which your company does, which your firm does, Arjun, and, and sometimes out of research will appear, aha, that's the motivation behind the motivation. They're not going to our restaurant because they just wanna have a good meal and quick service and a low price. They're going because their grandchildren are gonna remember this if it's a good experience, that's more important than anything. Motivation behind the motivation. I love that. So that's the secret. And to me, I think that motivation, I think just like any B2B client, there's a personal win and a brand win is there with every product. And now I just want to take it to a very fun conversation. So Brent, let's say today, you walk into a Starbucks and you see there are two other gentlemen waiting to greet you. One happens to be a 16-year-old Brent Green and the other is a 100-year-old Brent Green. What would the conversation between three of you be? What would one thing Brent 16 say? What would one thing you would say? And what is one thing Brent 100 would say? Well, thanks for asking me a difficult challenge in my question. But let me say this. If it was me and one person's there, my 16-year-old self, and the other person's there, my 100-year-old self, 
I would do exactly what I have suggested that we need to do if we're going to be winning big. And that is start on common ground. So 16 year old Brent, aren't you a little young to be drinking coffee? Now, come on, uh, what are you going to have? How much sugar are you going to have in your coffee? Do you think that's a good idea? I don't want to sound like a lecturing parent here, but I'm concerned about your long-term health. We know that coffee can help with health just as long as you don't fill it up with cream and sugar. So let's see if we can back down a little bit, uh, bit young Brent, and make sure we do that. Now, old Brent, what do you owe to your longevity? Would it be because you've generally been healthy in your practices? You've eaten decent food. You've stayed reasonably in shape. So do you think coffee has anything to do with your longevity? I'll bet you you do. What do you attribute, 100-year-old Brent, to your ability to be so robust, to have such a healthy life at age 100? Because that's all what we want. And while you're mentioning that, tell 16-year-old Brent some of the things that have helped you get to where you are as 100 years old. I love that. And just a disclaimer, this part of the conversation is not sponsored by your local coffee shop. This is an independent thought. So Brent, first of all, thank you. This is a very fascinating conversation. I truly, truly appreciate you taking me behind the scene to show me how Brent, with your psychological training and psychologist training as a there, you're finding the motivation, how you operate, because I really think even though you have helped me a lot, we have had great conversations, you never have shared the secret with me before this, and I'm very fortunate. So two final things before we finish. Is there anything else we haven't talked about that you want to share? And also, I'm very fortunate that you answered every question of mine. Is there any question that you have that you want to ask me, please? Okay, so the one thing that I would say, remember we've talked about what's the motivation behind the motivation? What's the question behind the question? Mm -hmm. How can you transfer from one industry, the success and the models that you learn there to another industry? And it comes down to what I believe is one word. And that word is empathy. Because the more we are empathetic with those that we want to engage, whether that be through selling or alliances or subscriptions or memberships, the more we're empathetic with who we're interacting with, the more successful we're going to be because we're gonna understand the world from their point of view. And Arjun, what my, probably the burning question I have for you is, are you optimistic about the future and the way all the different businesses and industries you work with are evolving to address the world we're in today? with all of its problems and all of its op opportunities. And if you're optimistic, why are you optimistic? So to me, I just think, you know, Brent, that's a huge question because to me, I really think <laughs> we must find the optimism because without which it's very tough to go forward. And there are two parts to the answer. I'll give you the part two first is for any business, it is the leaders that shape the business, not the other way around. If businesses go into dark days, it's because decision makers take it there. So I right away look at the future generation that is coming in 
And I just can't believe I'm having a conversation with the Brent Green and I'm talking about generations. Like, I think that's a bucket list I should check right now. But getting serious for a second, when I talk to my daughter, when I talk to her friends, I just see this bigger picture making a better world. Community is much bigger than how can I create wealth for myself? And I just feel that 30, 50, 60, 80 years from now, when I would not be on in this planet, if the world is in the hands of people who genuinely care about the planet and the community, I really think organizations led by them will shape the world to a better future. And now I want to come to the first part is I'm really glad you talked about or asked me about optimism. And this was in Manhattan. There was this putting contest going on where you know different holes, different people putt. And I realized that there a lot of the sound and the commotion and the excitement was coming from one of the holes. So I go there. This guy who was competing there had one arm and one leg. He uses the putter as a crutch as he walks forward. In golf, there's a rule that as you putt, you cannot put your weight on the putter, which means at the instant of putting, putting, he has to hop, putt in air, and then he grabs the putter. This guy got eliminated when he was top eight. He could not go beyond. And I really felt bad. But then I invited him to have a cup of coffee or anything I could buy for him, which he was very kind to say yes to. As I asked him how he's so driven, so motivated, he looked at me and he said, you know, Arjun, the concept of glass half full is the stupidest concept on this planet. I'm like, wow. He said, Arjun, you don't need a glass to be half full. All you need is even to have a glass because then you can find water. Then he even explained to me by saying, you don't even need a glass. You need two hands. Or in my case, you just need one hand. And if I have a hand, I'll find a glass and I'll find water and I'll drink. And what I realized was this man, he wakes up every day being positive. And then finally, at the end of the conversation, he left me with this one-liner zinger, which I've never forgotten. He said, you know, Arjun, most people look at and feel sorry for me that I have one arm and one leg. I'll just share this with you. I may have accomplished more in life with one arm and one leg than I would have accomplished with two arms and two legs. Brent, that to me is optimism and living optimism. And I'm really fortunate and glad you asked me and I wanted to share this story because I'm grateful to this individual. I'm grateful to everybody else in life. And today I'm grateful to you for taking time to have a conversation with me. And this is fascinating, Brent. Thank you. Thank you, my friend. Thank you for being a mentor to all of us. And keep inspiring. I wish you amazing journey forward. And Mr. Green, rules rocks thank you buddy thank you so much arjun and i wish you the same you've been listening to secrets to win big with arjun sen founder and ceo of zen mango top brand growth driver 
and a former Fortune 500 executive who has been called one of the most marketing intelligent minds in the business. To learn more, visit www.zenmango.com. Share this podcast with your friends and subscribe wherever you like to listen to podcasts. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.